Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network as we're shining the spotlight on those incredible athletes who are on the cusp of very big things in our sport of mixed martial arts. I am Mike Keck. Thank you for checking out the program this week. We have a couple of great chats on the show for your listening pleasure. One fighter who got himself a contract on Dana White's Contender Series and already has his UFC debut set. The other is one of New England's top prospects. He was on this past season of The Ultimate Fighter, and now he gets his shot on Dana White's Contender Series next Tuesday. In, in, in my opinion, one of the most highly anticipated fights of this entire season. So wrapping us up, we're going to chat with AJ Dobson, who had the only finish on week four on Dana White's Contender Series a couple weeks ago, submitted Hashem Argaka in the first round. He got a contract to boot, and now he's going to make his UFC debut January 22nd. A big show, the first pay-per-view event of 2022 at UFC 270 against Jacob Malkoon. So we'll chat with the newest middleweight in the UFC, AJ Dobson, in a little while. But kicking us off this week, we're going to chat with Mitch Raposo, who prepares for his chance to fight in front of Dana White once again, back on ESPN+, Plus, looking to go from signed or unsigned to signed from the tough house to the contender series he takes on jake hadley in an absolute banger at 125 pounds next tuesday week seven of the contender series we kick things off with new england's own mitch raposo Let us say hello to Mitch Raposo, who returns to action October 12th on Dana White's Contender Series, taking on Jake Hadley in a fight that a lot of people are very excited about. Mitch, good to see you, man. How is Las Vegas treating you these days? Vegas is good, man. It's kind of just, you know, doing some media uh, for the fight and stuff like that. Obviously, it was short notice, so they flew me out a little bit early, but you know, things are good, man. Just living the dream. So when did you find out about this fight? Uh, I would say like, Probably about like a week and a half ago, 
uh, probably, yeah, it's probably like a, a week ago. Uh, I was at work actually. I, I do like security for my coach. Uh, and uh, I got a text from my manager and he was just like, Oh, can you make weight October 12th? And I was like, dude, you know what I'm saying? He sent me the name. I was like, I already kind of know of Jake, obviously. Uh, he's a big time prospect out there to like that. So I was like, I was more than I was, I was down, man. Like, I was like, let's do it. So as, as many people are aware, you were just on this past season of the ultimate fighter. It had been gone for a while and then it came back and we did the bantamweights. We did the middleweights and there you are, Massachusetts being represented Mitch Raposo on there. How would you like to, I mean, just being able to describe the tough experience is probably just like a 45 minute podcast within itself. But like, how would you like describe the experience? Like, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Like what, how would you, if someone asked you like just a stranger's like, what was tough? Like, what would you say to them? You know, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever did. Uh, as far as like, you know, I mean, it's definitely where everybody says it is what Dana says it is. And nobody wants to talk about like, obviously nobody wants to talk about when you lose, but that shit's hard, man. Being there and still training twice a day, being away from your family, your friends. And I stood motivated, man. I tried to, I just took every opportunity I could, you know, I, I, I created like a, a real good bond with Alex and, uh, he just, he instilled so much knowledge into me, you know what I mean? To my, you know, I'm just like my skill set, just my mindset, my confidence, everything, man, especially after that fight. Cause I was training him probably like four days and then we fought, you know? So then I was there cause I was the first fight. Like, right. the, the, I was the first fight out of everybody, regardless of how they put it on the show. I was, I was the, I was the first fight. And so obviously, you know, it, you deal with that, but the experience is priceless, man. That type of, like, you can never do anything harder than that. You know what I'm saying? And I, like, I handled it, I, I think pretty well. I would say the things I, uh, obviously the training was so high level. It was, it was obviously great. I would say the things I disliked, obviously, you know, one, you don't see the shit. Like I didn't really watch the show, but you don't, there's a lot of shit you don't see. You know what I mean? Obviously, uh, especially I would say like, like the thing, the way things happen, the, the order of things, the timetable. And I've heard so many guys from tough say that it's like, it's really just not, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's just a reality show. Dude. It is what it is. I don't really care, man. I know like the people who know me back home, know who I am. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, it was a blast either way. I, I was real cool with the guys on my team, the guys in Ortega's team. And uh, like I said, I took it as it was a great experience for my career, especially being young. Yeah. I was going to ask you about how you did stay motivated after losing the fight. Cause I was aware that you were the very first fight too. And you know, then you have to stick around for the rest of the filming and yeah, you want to get in the training and stuff like that. But you know, maybe there's hopes you get back in, there's some kind of injury or something happens and you could slide back in there. But like, did it take a while for you to like, kind of get that motivation and get that clear headedness when it comes to like, listen, I'm, I have this experience. I could train with Alexander Volkanovsky. He's a freaking world champion right now. I lost. It sucks. But like, I got to get back on that horse. Cause I may never get this opportunity again. You know what I mean? I fought April 29th. I trained April 30th. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's real. That's really that simple. Like I didn't miss one day of training. I mean, Alex could clear like confirm that I was spawn with Alex. I was asking to do rounds with him at least once or twice a week. I was before practice. I was picking his brain after practice. I was picking his brain. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I lost. It fucking sucked. It was definitely hard. Like it was not easy for me to be like, I was, I didn't wake up the next day. Oh my God, let's go train. Like, dude, I was obviously it was hard. And a lot of guys were like, didn't really want to train or didn't really like, you know what I'm saying? Like even like just the vibe in the house after you, after guys would lose, obviously it's just not the same. You know what I mean? Like, especially I was the first fight. I had to deal with that shit the longest. And I had guys coming up to me, uh, Oh, dude, I don't know how you dealt with it for so long because they were like in the they were in like the second more later round in the fights. Like, oh, I don't know how you you dealt dealt with you're dealing with this so like well, dude, I'm ready to lose my mind. Like, I just lost my fight. I'm like, dude, like, you know what I mean? And I stood motivated and I stood training. So 
I think that's what I realized. Like my, I, I'm a lot more mentally tough than I actually ever gave myself credit for going into that. You know what I mean? So uh, it definitely shaped me for the better. Yeah. I remember Ricky Tercios was on Ariel's show. The MMA hour was talking about how he learned so much about the mental aspect of fighting and just about himself. And it, it seems like he was journaling and doing all these different things. I feel like you and him probably bonded pretty well, having similar experiences and kind of dealing with similar things. Were you and Ricky kind of tight in that way? Honestly, yeah, Ricky was one of my best friends in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like genuinely, he's uh, he's a, he's just a great dude. Like he was one of my he was my number one training partner. I trained with him every single day, and uh, we 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 definitely bonded really well with me, him, Ryder, Aaron. You know what I mean? Brian uh, Battle, Dustin was my roommate. Like Brady, me and Brady were similar age, so we really we bonded. You know, it was uh, even you know Gil was Gil was really chill. Uh, Gilbert Arbina. Um, it was you know I was cool with everybody, but Ricky was definitely one of my best friends in the house. The fight with, with Ludwig, obviously, I mean, it's, it's tough being the number one guy. Like it's cool to be the number one guy at the time. You're like, yeah, I'm the number one draft pick. But then you realize like they're going after you right off the bat. They're going to try to get rid of you right away. You go in there with Ludwig, tough wrestler, tough fight. What were the biggest takeaways from, from sharing the cage with him and, and just actually like your first real loss in MMA, it doesn't count on the overall record, but still something you have to deal with personally. Yeah, and regardless if it counted or not. So obviously, I, mean, I think about that fight every day. And uh, I just think the biggest thing I took away, man, is just like that self-belief. Like you can't, like going into it, like I knew I was talented and I, you could say you, you think you belong there. Or but you got to feel it. You got you to experience it. And going into it, I, just, I knew I had the skills to win the show. And honestly, it's, it'll probably be something that I regret forever. But at the end of the day, it's an experience. And my path, and I'm sure five years, in, five years from now, nobody's going to be even thinking about that fight. Uh, but at the end of the day, but you got to have that, that, that kind of like self-belief. Like I was in the fight and I remember after the first round, I went back to the corner and I told, I, I asked Alex, I'm like, that wouldn't that? And he looked at me, he was like, yeah, like easily, you know, like, and it, that was that kind of like, I was kind of, I going into the fight, I knew the type of wrestler it was like, that's a different, you know, a four-time Ukrainian national champion, you know, he was a, wrestled uh, at the world team trials. Like that's, a, that's high level. You know what I'm saying? I've never experienced anything like that, especially upper weight class. You know what I'm saying? So I was just overthinking it going into it, I think. And, but then when I was in there, man, I felt like I was, I, I feel like I won the first eight minutes of that fight easily. You know, we got, I got a bad tip time, you know, he took me out at the end of that second round. I take nothing to happen or I just get up. I wouldn't, that fight never even went to a third round. I, I would have cruised right to the semis, you know, and, uh, my mind was in there, man. You know, when you're not focused in the moment, you're thinking of all these different things. That's what happens. You lost, I lost focus going into the fight and that's exactly what happened during the fight. You know what I'm saying? You got to be locked in. You got to be zoned in, in, in the sport. And, uh, that's, that's what I realized, man, you know, and uh, it sucked, but I needed that. Cause like I said, I was cruising in that fight and uh, I took my foot off the gas and look what happened. I remember I was talking to, I don't remember if I was talking to Tyson about this with somebody else, but I remember telling somebody that this, that fight and what happened there, that's probably the best thing that could have happened to you, especially being so young, going through that experience, fighting a guy like that. And, you know, kind of taking your foot off the gas. It just the, the mental struggles that in fighting and, and all that yeah. stuff and being a part of that, I felt like this was the best thing that could have happened to you as bad as it was the opportunity that was there. I feel like when we, when we write the story of Mitch Raposo, the fighter, that fight in particular is going to be the most important chapter in the, in the novel. You know what I mean? No, I, I 100% agree, man. Like, even like you look at, uh, look at his last fight, man, you just fought Jack Shore, you know, Jack Shore's four and in the UFC. And I honestly think I did way more, uh, punished on the feet, injected. You know what I'm saying? Like I think, 
I didn't even get hit in that fight. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a genuinely good. I didn't I didn't get hit once. Uh and like Jack Shaw's on the brink of being a top 15 bantamweight, you know. And like I said, that's a bad bad bantamweight. You know what I'm saying? I'm a flyweight. Like these people don't people do not realize there's a huge difference between those weight classes. I remember I walked into the cage, I was like 140, you know what I'm saying? Like and I like but it's opportunity. I took it. And uh, but going into the fight, I had a fight for LFA. I was going to drop down a flyweight anyway, so my weight was already down. But when I was fighting at 35 before, I was a little bigger. I was like 150, like 55. So I was a lot more custom to 35. Uh, but obviously, you know, I, I took the opportunity anyway. You don't, I'm, not, I'm never going to say no to the UFC. You know, so I'd fight at any weight class when it comes to the UFC. Uh, so, you know, like I said, it, 100% is the best thing that ever happened to me. And uh, yeah, I ain't taking my foot off the gas in this one. I'll tell you that. I have not been a fan of tough for a long time. And the reason why is because I just feel like the show hasn't evolved at all. Like, I feel like it's been the yeah. same show since day one and they're going through and I'm like, all right, this is this, this new generation of the ultimate fighter. I can't wait to see the changes they made. And they made no changes, like no, none, except they took the finale away from us. They took the finale yeah. away. Like they, they, they threw a couple of fights in there, like all the, 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 the final fights on a regular card, but there was no finale. Like, were you, were you pissed that there was no finale? I mean, it's like, you can't like at the end of the day, I lost where right? So like, I didn't, I can't I'm not owe it. Nobody owes me anything, but, uh, we were kind of being told like before we left that we were like, it was going to look good. Like they were, cause like I said, it was the big return. Like I thought, man, like the way guys were already hearing in the house that they were, they were already on it. You know what I'm saying? I, that I feel like I performed, I wasn't like, I feel like my performance, I mean, I didn't win, but like I had, I had one of, uh, as far as feedback, I mean, I had one of the better performances, uh, as far as it taking an L, uh, in the house. So yeah, I was surprised. Like you know what I'm saying, but I just think it came down to space. I mean, the UFC is so packed now; it's like it's crazy. Right. So it's like I just think it came down to space on the card, and they kind of was like, "All right, we'll just put the finalists on." And then Andre got a call like ten days before something opened up. He got the call, good for him, you know. Hey, he won his first fight. You know what I'm saying? So obviously he uh, he deserves that. And then like Ludwig got signed, and Gil got signed, Trey signed. Like I think it was kind of like trickling down. Uh, and I was kind of just in that like short notice pool. Like I said, I wasn't gonna wait forever. Obviously, you know what I mean. But I was definitely bummed that uh, I didn't get on the finale. It was kind of it was just it. Was, they usually always do like a full finale card. You know what I mean? Like even guys like Vince, dude, that didn't get a shot. Like yeah, like that's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? What did you think of the fight between Volkanovski and Ortega? I mean, maybe the fight of the year. Round three is definitely the round of the year. I mean, you were around both these guys for for several weeks, and to see it all play out and and the the, the two guys having the fight that they had. I mean that must've been like super surreal for you to watch, like from the lenses that, 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 that you were looking at it from. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, that fight went exactly the way I thought it was going to go low. I mean, the third round was competitive. Like obviously, I mean, not, I mean, third round of was about to finish him, you know? And like, he couldn't even get up off of the mat. So I kind of felt like the fight should have been stopped, but like, that's what Volk, like everybody's been kind of saying. And like, I see what Volk's point is on that. Uh, but it was, it was an insane fight. Like I kind of thought, like that, the fight was going to go that way. Volk was just going to be too much, too strong. His striking was just going to be, he was going to be one step ahead all night. And like, you just don't know. Like when he's in front of you, it's like, he kind of like, obviously like being around him, I picked up so much like fight IQ wise, how he thinks, things like that. You can fight anybody, but when you fight him, you're going to fight his fight. You know what I mean? That's kind of what happened. Like it was apparent right from the bell. Uh, that third round just showed, I'm glad, like, I'm sure he wasn't glad it happened, but you know, that showed the difference like that championship grit, you know, it was funny because in the house, like we were so excited for the coach's challenge because we just like, no, there's no way Volk's going to lose. He's too competitive. Like there's no way. And like Ortega just had that kind of more, like he would always show up late and shit. Like he didn't really care. I feel, I feel like more, he got that vibe. Like he just didn't really care that much. So like, Oh, there's no way. But then they fucking do 
fucking cornhole or whatever, dude. That shit was Volkas never played a good game of cornhole in his life, so it was kind of, he kind of got screwed. Uh, but you know, but then you started in the fight, man. Like you saw that kind of like he's just dude. Like he's the champ for a reason. You know, anybody that beat Max Holloway twice, regardless of how you feel about the second fight, that's just something. You know, like obviously Max is Max is a legend. You know, so the fact what he's done, man, Volk is, you know, like I said, he's he's probably he's the goat now at featherweight. You really think about it, like obviously he needs. I'm sure he's, he, you know, he's super humble. He's gonna go. Like, oh, I need the numbers. I need the title defenses, which I'm sure, you know, he's he's doing. He's gonna do, focus on doing. But man, beat Aldo, beat Holloway twice, did what he just did to Ortega. I mean, it's pretty insane. Yeah, I actually, I'm I'm one of the people who thought Volkanovski beat or uh, Holloway in the second fight. I, th- I thought the way I, he adjusts in fight is yeah. is just phenomenal. I just, yeah, people just don't like, people got to realize a fight is judged round by round. Like, it's not like Holloway, okay, he won the first two rounds. Yeah, third round was extremely close. But at the end of the day, it's how do you feel about the round? All right, the judge thought Volk won the round. That's it. Boom, we move on to the fourth round. Same shit, fifth round, boom. He edged out the last three rounds. You know what I'm saying? And the, people don't understand that there was a chess match going on between the two, a high-level chess match. You know what I mean? So, you know, like I said, the second round, yeah, the second fight could have gone either way. But the first fight, was I really wasn't close at all in my opinion. I thought it was four one Volk in the first fight. So I mean it's taken for the second round was close second fight was closer, but to call it a robbery is just stupid. Yeah. As you can't really do that with fights that close. So so you yeah. took this so this contender series fight you took on short notice. Did you have anything else cooking? Because New England MMA is starting to starting to, to get going again. CES had some cards. Cage Titans obviously back doing their thing. So was there anything else a brewing before you got this call? Yeah, so like I said, after the whole finale situation, I told Tyson, I was like, hey, uh, I was like, dude, what's going on? Like, I, I, like, I'm saying, he was kind of just trying to work. Like, he wanted me to be patient and wait and see. And I, I did. I, I, but then when September came, I was just kind of like, you know, it sucks, obviously. And I'm, I was, like I said, I was kind of in that short notice pool. But like, I'm 22 years old. I'm not going to wait forever. You know, so I told him I want something big. I wanted to fight for CES's uh, flyweight belt against Shut. I was hearing that he really wasn't going to take it. Uh, or he wasn't available, whatever. I mean, he's always been, he's been, he's been talking shit for a while. And then uh, I've been trying to fight. I was trying to fight him like literally as soon as my first fight back. Uh, and I was kind of, I was, I wanted something big though. Something that was on fight pass. A lot of people are going to see, go out there, get a big win, get signed. That was my goal. That was, that was the plan. Uh, and then we got this call short notice. It's not like I, I'm in the gym constantly five, six days a week, all year round. doesn't matter if I'm in camp, not in camp. So, like, I was already wrestling for a month, you know what I'm saying, sparring every week for, you know, for about a month, like I was kind of getting into camp. So, I'm, I'm, I've been in shape. I'm, I'm in fight shape. So, we obviously got the call, and yeah, I jumped all over it. What's so interesting about this fight is not, I mean, those who covered the sport and follow the regional scene and stuff like that, when they saw it, they were just like, damn, like, this fight rules. Like, Raposa versus Adley's is great. But... I was clearly not the only one who felt the same way. I mean, everybody reacted to this fight. In fact, I don't, this might be the most hyped fight of the season so far in terms of name value and the reaction on social media. And it's very difficult on the contender series to get an overwhelmingly positive reaction to a fight. This one delivered, in my opinion, did you notice that as well? Like everybody was like, Oh man, Raposa versus Hadley is a banger. Yeah. I guess me fucking chills. And you say that, man, I love that. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, I know Nolan uh, tweeted it out and like it was a scrap. Everybody was kind of reacting to it. You know what I mean? Me, me versus Hadley. Yeah, man, he, he is what he is in the UK, but I feel like I've done, I've made my name out here in America and being a New England guy and being where I'm from, I'm, I'm walking into this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like, not like an underdog story, but in my, you know, he, he's a big time champ out there, whatever. But, you know, I, like I said, I've done what I've done out here. 
I love it. Like shit, that's what I, that's what I live for, man. I'm not, I go out there, beat this kid. I'm getting signed. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I see it. You know, I think his way of winning, he's, yeah, he's good at what he does. He's a stud at what he does, but I think his way of winning is a little more boring than I would say. Like he's more of a top grappler. He's, he's good at what he does. Like I give great respect to what he does, but I think, and he looks like he will strike. Like I don't, I'm not saying like he, he's a tough kid, but I think there's going to be on the feet. I just think I'm going to be one step ahead. And I'm like I said, I'm coming for fireworks, man. It's a contender series. So I'm fighting in front of Dana again. I'm not really, I'm in the moment right now. My, my only mindset is just putting on a show and stealing the show. You know, I'm doing what I, doing what I need to do, focus on the little things to get the win. But my main focus is going out there and, you know what I'm saying? And really, you know, silencing any doubters, you know what I'm saying? About the potential that I have, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a great fight. It's a great matchup for me. And I'm just going to go out there and send the shit. <laughs> when you heard Jake's name, were you like, oh man, really? This is crazy. Yeah. I, I don't really, I don't know much about him. Like I, I've seen, I've seen him on Twitter. And things like that, because like, uh, like talking shit to like people and stuff like that. But I, like I said, I don't, I don't know him. He's never talked any shit to me. And uh, so I saw the name, and I was like, I didn't really know what he was good at. Like that's probably the only thing I didn't really know. I just knew his name. So I just like obviously like googled him, whatever. Saw what he like, uh, watched a couple of videos and stuff, and I saw kind of what he does and things like that. And like I said, it, it's a banger, man. I think this fire, this fight has fireworks went all over it because he's never fought a wrestler. Like you said, people, like I said, I got taken out my last fight and held down, but that's at a bigger weight class against a way more accomplished wrestler than what Jake is. You know what I mean? Ooh, fucking these AirPods. Well, my ears are, this is what happens. You have cauliflower away, man. These AirPods yep. not fit. Uh, but, you know, way more accomplished wrestler than what Jake is. And I was stuffing most of those shots, made some crucial mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Obviously that uh, I've been working on fixing. You know what I mean? So I just think matchup wise, man, it, it's, it's tough, especially my return down at flyweight. I'm not the smaller guy anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be, I'm going to walk in there probably bigger than everybody else. Uh, and it's going to be tough, you know, to hold me down and try to just, you know, take me down and hold me down and try get to the back and things like that. He's going to be forced to strike with me. You know, so I think that fight is, the fight's going to be fireworks. Yeah. That's a great matchup. Uh, by the way, did you get a chance to watch, uh, did you get a chance to watch Tom Brady's return to Foxborough? Me and my buddy, we were trying to find it. Uh, I mean, out here in Vegas, but we couldn't. We were flipping through the channels trying to find it. We, we couldn't get it. Maybe we were late or something because the time zone was all like messed up. And we went to Whole Foods, and so maybe we missed it. But I heard about it. I mean, it's definitely, you know, definitely a mixed reaction. But best result, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot closer of a game than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's the best result. Brady breaks the record, gets a standing ovation. Yeah. The young buck, Mac Jones, played really well. Probably outplayed Brady. They didn't yeah, win, but still, you yeah, you left there with some positive vibes. You're like, all right, maybe yeah. this team doesn't suck after all. This is good. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not like a big uh, like football fan or a big basketball fan. I love sports in general. Like I, you know, sports on. I have no problem watching, it, but I'm obviously a fan of like the goats, the icons. Like I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Like I don't watch basketball every week, but I'm a huge Kobe fan. Always been. Uh, a fan of his mentality, things like that. And the same thing with a guy like Tom Brady, you know, he's an icon, he's a legend. He's, just, he's bigger than football in a, in a way, you know what I'm saying? Like as yeah. far as the name that he, uh, he made for himself. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Once you get enthralled into this MMA world, you kind of just focus on it and everything else is just like cherry on top of the Sunday at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing, before we let you go, uh, one of the big talking points heading into the Volkanovsky Ortega fight was, Ortega was the unprofessional guy. He had you guys waiting around. He was late to everything. He was unprofessional. And Volk 
sort of talked about how a lot of that was just to kind of get in his head, talk a little trash, maybe get him off his game, get a little riled up when he got in there. But what did you think? What was your overall? I, I know you were in Ortega were probably cool down the stretch, but what was your overall thing? Did, did, did you agree with that? Was there a little unprofessionalism going on there from, from that you saw? So as far as like, obviously like me and like, honestly, me and Ortega were literally cool. Like that literally, obviously the timing of it, I think that was like the sixth episode where all that shit happened. That was the first freaking week I was there. Like they do four fights at one time. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, and like, so we all, we went on four and like, obviously, you know, the matches played out how they played out. Uh, and like you said, then he came to the house and he was kind of rubbing it in and kind of being a dick, but towards, towards like the middle and the end, he, he was cool. He was always cool with me. He actually pranked me at the end of the season, but they never should. They, there's a bunch of shit they didn't show. I heard, but, uh, what happened? like we were, we were like, so we were after, pra- after, uh, practice, we, me and Ryder stood at the apex. Uh, we had something to do. I think it was a COVID test or something. And the rest of the guys went back, uh, to the house and Ortega's team came in. And Ortega kind of came in and like corrupted Ryder and like they like put the Ortega jersey on him. And then Ortega came in and like kind of like jumped me from behind and kind of like they were, kept trying to convince me to put the jersey on. Uh, and then I, we were kind of just like talking shit back and forth. And then like he ended up putting the, like I ended up putting the jersey on like half a second and ended up getting like a picture. Uh, and then they took the picture and they posted it all over our locker room. Uh, and like blew it up and shit. It was actually pretty, it was actually pretty funny, but in the picture, you can see how miserable I am taking it. So at least that was good. That's good, man. Yeah. I mean the, the show and that, that's probably why you, you didn't watch any of it. Right. Cause it's, it's just, yeah, so, like you were I, there, you don't need to see it. Exactly. And this is like, I remember in the show, they didn't put it, but in the countdown show, cause obviously I watched the countdown show before the last fight they put where Ortega was kind of like talking shit to us saying like, Oh, and four and all that stuff. They didn't put that in the season, which is so weird. You know, so obviously the, our whole team was felt some type of way about him. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, especially me, Brian Battle, you know, obviously they call us kind of talking shit. But, you know, the whole we obviously all felt some type of way that sucked. You know what I mean? To Obviously, everybody's bummed out that they lost and then they got to hear that. You know what I mean? But he was cool towards the end, man. Like, no, like, like I said, that literally the show makes it blows it up way more. Like even on me and Andre, me and Andre were cool pretty much the whole time. Like we would argue like cats and dogs, man, because he was always eating, my, always eating my shit and trying to cause like trying to get me annoyed <laughs> and stuff. But. Like me and Andre were cool the whole time. Like I have nothing against Andre. Like this is, you know what I'm saying? It's just the show. It gets blown up. It is what it is. It's stupid. Yeah, but I'm glad I did it. Obviously the, the people who know me, know me. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't really stressing it. So now you get to do the, uh, I get to do the whole tough right into the contender series thing. You just go in there and fight. You don't have to really deal with much else. Some media and some, some vignettes, yeah. so to speak. But for the most part, just go in there and fight and try to get a contract. Right. 100% man. That's it. Just focus on what matters. That's it. There you go. Mitchell, I wish you the best of luck. Enjoy your time in Vegas, getting ready for this fight. And I can't wait, man. This is might be my favorite contender series fight of all time. So uh, all the best to you. Hopefully uh, the next time we talk, you are a UFC fighter, man. 100% man. Much love. The Bellator champion series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ, Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let us welcome to the show one of the newest members of the UFC's middleweight division. He earned a contract on Dana White's Contender Series very recently with the first round submission victory. And a little over a week after that performance, He's got his Octagon debut set January 22nd, UFC 270, taking on Jacob Malkoon. And like Ferris Bueller once infamously said, life moves pretty fast and it has for one AJ Dobson. AJ, how are you, man? Great, great. Feeling really good. Good. Welcome to the UFC, man. Like, how how does that sound? Like, does it sound real, especially now that you put pen to paper on a fight? I mean, it, it, it's still surreal, but I tell you what, I've been, I've been visualizing and, and thinking about this day for so long that uh, I'm almost jaded. I'm like, oh, finally. Like, I mean, you know, I should have been here years ago. You know what I mean? But it definitely feels really good. So if you had a chance, like since you visualize it so much, like have you had a, a chance to really take it all in, enjoy the whole process and evolve that? Because sometimes like we, we, when you think about it, you, you forget about the little things that, that come along with the road. I've been able to really like dive in and, let it all just kind of sink in the whole road to from, from contender series booking to fight week to where we're at right now. Yeah, I've definitely been able to, you know, take everything in and, and you know, live in the moment and really appreciate what's going on. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been ready for this. I've been ready for this moment for so long and, you know, it, 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 it I can definitely see where I'm, you know, skating by and, and missing a couple things, but I'm sure I'll look back and uh, be very fond of these memories. <laughs> Yeah. So, so like we were saying, like this all happened pretty quickly. So I'm curious, how long was it from the time you got the contract from Dana White to the time you got this contract to fight on January 22nd? I tell you what, that, that same, was it that same night or, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that same night or that next morning they had given me a call because there was a fight um that weekend that was in jeopardy or i'm not sure if they if they changed if they uh were able to recover it but um one of the middleweight fights um got scrapped and they asked me they're like hey how are you feeling Did, do, do you want to take the fight right now and i would have i was ready to go but uh, my hand was a little messed up still and i couldn't uh make a fist but yeah they, they they announced they uh gave me an opportunity really quick so and then right after that um i think the day after um that they told me about this fight. So yeah, very, very quickly. So for the, oh, so, so for the pay-per-view for, for 266? Yeah. So for, um, uh, which one? Yes. That was a uh, Volkanovsky, right? Yeah. Yes. That one, they, they offered me to fight on that. <laughs> How crazy would that have been? Like if your hand wasn't banged up oh or whatever. My God, I, I was, I was going to do it. I was ready to go, but I just couldn't make a fist. If I was able to make a fist, even if it was just a little bit of cuts, if I was able to make a fist, I would have done it. It would have been so great. That's so wild now. What was it against Maximoff before they got Brundage in there? Um, I'm not sure. I think so. It might have been. So that, oh man, I, I couldn't even imagine like going from Tuesday, winning a contract and then fighting Saturday in your debut in front of fans. Yeah. Like that would just been so wild though. So uh, I'm glad you're here because we got to see you on the contender series. And I know a little bit about your story, but 
How did you find this crazy sport of ours? Like when did it all begin? What, what, what made you say, you know what, you know what I want to do? I want to get in a cage and, and punch a bunch of dudes in the face. <laughs> well, the first time I saw mixed martial arts, um, was way back in the day. I was actually introduced through uh, like Ken Shamrock. I was a really big uh, WWF fan, WWE fan. Um, I'm 29, so I was right in the middle of the Attitude Era and I was really, really uh, influenced by them. And uh, Ken Shamrock was one of my favorites. And I found out that he had done real fighting before and I was like, what? And I started, you know, kind of, you know, dabbling in there, but I was a little too young for that. And I was still, um, you know, uh, really big on wrestling. And then in uh, 2005, I was, I was one of the many viewers that was flipping through channels and saw the Forrest Griffin fight. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy. And it re-sparked my interest. And from then I was a super fan. I was watching every day. I'd be on the underground, looking up all the forums and all that stuff. So uh, definitely the 2005 was when I really became a, a super fan. I'm glad you mentioned pro wrestling and Ken Shamrock because, I mean, oddly enough, that was the first pay-per-view I ever bought was UFC 40 when Shamrock fought Tito Ortiz. He's just coming off WWE, goes over to the UFC, kind of got bolted by Tito. But I remember that was I convinced my parents. I was like, please let me buy it. And they let me buy it. I was so excited because I was I was a big WWE mark like yourself. So, yep. Yep. Bro, attitude era. Like, was it Austin Rock or were, were there other guys that really stuck out? I mean, Shamrock, obviously, but other than that. Man, everybody, Billy Gunn, X Pac, you know, every Gold Dust. I, I love them all. Like, I, I love them all. It was such a such a great era. Al Snow, Biggs, everybody. Were you an ECW fan too? Oh, yes. Love oh, great. ECW. Rob so Dan, Sabu. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Sandman. <laughs> Like, I, I love that. I'm so <laughs> excited big, right now. I'm geeking out right now. 17 year old Mike is, is losing his mind right now. <laughs> we, we could talk pro wrestling all day, but cut, c- going through your amateur career, I noticed that the last two amateur fights you had, at least on record, were the John Gunther fights, who, of course, was on, was on Tough 27. What a personality that guy was. Yeah, he's a man. You know, made it to the UFC. What, what did you take away from those two fights with John? Because that guy is, is, is a tough dude and such a personality. I'll tell you what, that, uh, the John Gunther loss that I had was probably the most important fight that, uh, in my career. Um, it really uh, took me to the next level because before then, I would go into fights going like, ah, I'm strong enough. I'm faster than these guys. I can, I can do whatever. I don't really have to do too much. And um, when I rematched him, he had been hitting the weights hard. Like, I, I remember uh, we showed up at the weigh-ins, and I didn't have abs until I cut weight. <laughs> and, and he showed up at the weigh-ins just deep, just cut strong. And I'm just like, uh, no, I got this. It's fine. And, man, like, when we locked up together, like, it was like a man holding a child. Like, I, I, he was so strong. And after that fight, that's when I um, started taking a West Side Barbell seriously and strength conditioning and really having that be a very important key part of my training. Can I, you know what? I, I, something just popped into my mind and I think it was you, but I just want to make hundred percent sure. There's a photo I remember seeing, like, I don't know if it was like four or five years ago, probably would have been around that time frame. And, and I don't know if it was like before you pretty, pretty, but I remember seeing a photo of a hand, like all blistered up. Like it was, it was just wild. Like it was maybe it was burnt. Like, I think it was like burns or something like that. Was that, that was you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was actually before my um, pro debut. It was so stupid. I um, I was I was frying uh, uh, bananas, 
so like, I, I, you know, I'm cutting weight. I'm like, oh, what's a nice, you know, healthy, sweet treat that I can have? Oh, I'll just fry some bananas and have like, you know, a little whatever. And the oil got too hot and caught fire and spilled all over my hand, my knee, um, part of my foot. And I had like really bad third degree burns. I don't know if you could still see the pink. Yeah. Really, really bad third degree burns on these, on these fingers. Um, to the point where uh, the doctor was like, yeah, it, I mean, you might not have full function of that hand, you know, it, it might atrophy when it heals up. So I really had to go through, you know, some pretty, some pretty hard, um, uh, you know, rehab with that, but uh, yeah, stupid. So, so that- I ended up fighting, I ended up fighting um, like maybe a month or so later and I knocked the dude out with my, with that burn hand. So oh <laughs> how, how did you get cleared? Like, are you just like the, the fastest healer of all time? Well, um, I got um, Everdeen or no, Everdeen, Silverdeen um, put on it and I applied that like twice three times a day and then um i would force my hand closed i'd have to force my hand closed like every hour um just so it, you know it can get used to that motion so it doesn't atrophy so just, just staying on it you know what i mean like just being really really diligent not you know not drinking or doing anything that will you know slow down the speed the, the healing process i was devastated during that injury so i wanted to do anything and everything i could to you know make sure i got back did it fully heal yeah, yeah, it fully healed. Everything came back. It's just a, a little bit, you know, sausagey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why uh, <laughs> that's why they got they got cut uh, pretty easy because the skin's a little delicate. Yeah. So, but sorry, right. it's all good, man. I mean, it's part part of the journey. Part of the journey. Fighter, fighters end up ugly anyway, so I'm gonna. There's gonna be some kind of deformity on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least it's the hand and not not here, right? <laughs> not yet. But not yet. Sure. What what when did you meet Matt Brown? Um, yeah, so Matt, I, I met Matt through my jujitsu coach, uh, Carlos Carvalho. Um, he actually, you know, he trained Cowboy and, and uh, Amanda Nunes. So he knew, you know, some people uh, in the UFC and um, was helping Matt for his, um, which fight, I think it was, um, it was right at the beginning of his, his uh, like legendary run. Um, uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, he was helping him and Carlos was like, Hey, you know, like I have this amateur, you know, he's really good. Like, you know, get some training. The master's like, Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> and he, I remember he had a, um, the first time I saw him, it's so funny. The first time I ever saw him, he was wrapping one of my teammates hands because they had known each other for years, like for him prior uh, coming to the UFC. And um, <laughs> he's wrapping uh, my buddy's hands and my buddy's like, Hey Matt, uh, this is my uh, this is my good friend AJ Dobson. He's you know training partner, or whatever. Matt's wrapping his hands. Didn't even look up. He's like, eh. <laughs> like oh god. And uh, uh, he's he starts holding. Uh, no, he says he's gonna hold like a like a tryout for um, uh, new training partners because he was coming back to Columbus and he wanted to build up you know uh, the MMA program there. But he was looking for you know the best fighters around. So he had like an open open tryout. And had a whole bunch of guys come in and, and spar and everything. And um, uh, I remember he was sparring with a couple of guys and they were, you know, acting as if, you know, it's, it's, it's UFC Matt Brown. So they're like, ah, kind of being, you know, a little timid and, and whatever. And I go up against them and I'm just like, fuck it. Like, if he's going to beat my ass, he's just going to beat my ass. But I don't care. I'm just going to fight him. And I ended up doing really good. And I remember <laughs> the time ran out. 
and like I'm, you know, I'm an amateur, but I'm, you know, able to land a, a little bit and move and kind of, you know, make it somewhat competitive. And the time runs out. And he's like, no, keep going. I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 oh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, um, but then afterwards, I thought he was like mad at me, but afterwards, he's like, that was really good. Like, uh, show up this time, this time, this time. And that was for the Mike Pyle fight. And um, yeah, ever since then, uh, we've been training uh, together and, uh, we've been friends and he's been such a big influence uh, in my life. So definitely, definitely grateful for that day. Yeah. I mean, have you, I'm sure you guys have had some crazy experiences since then, right? Does, does, does he oh, still yeah. get a little riled up when you're in there sparring and things get a little, <laughs> yeah. the, be the best is like, he'll always lull you to sleep too. Like he'll be like, Oh yeah. You want to just move around today? We'll just move around. Like we'll just move around. It's fine. We don't need a timer. We'll just, we're just gonna, yeah, we'll, we'll just go for like, couple minutes it'll be fun. man 20 minutes later lungs are in your throat he's he, he's the best he, he really knows how to how to um uh bring, bring out the mental side of, of fighting you know what i mean because everybody can can go super hard for five minutes or whatever but can can you go that hard for 20 minutes 30 you're gonna have to adjust your style you know what i mean so he's he's been very uh very good with that kind of stuff matt's one of those guys who like defies time in a weird way yes. like him and jose aldo because there, there are times when certain fighters and i think matt's probably been there at, at, at certain points at least in fans eyes where it's just like i love matt brown and i, I want to remember him in such a such a way but maybe he should stop and then he goes out and just like bolts somebody with an elbow and knocks him out cold or you know goes out there and knocks out diego lima like just just crazy stuff and then he has this like incredible fight with carlos conda that's like so entertaining to see what he's able to do at this point in his career, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool for you at just 29 years of age. Like, you must feel like I got at least a decade here, right? Absolutely. And, and, and like, it's all his his mentality. Like, his whole, whole thing is about evolving. Like, he's always, you know, evolving, changing something, implementing something. You know what I mean? So, like, as soon as you get used to one style of Matt Brown, he's he's been developing a whole different thing. So, he's really taught me to kind of, you know, elevate and, and innovate and, and, you know, change your style, you know. So yeah, I, I'm definitely inspired and definitely ready to, to, um, you know, ready for the future. Being around Matt for like UFC fight weeks, did, did it kind of make your contender series fight week and what that all entailed? Did it make things a little bit easier for you now that you're pretty much like used to it and you knew what to expect? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He's been really good with, you know, um, getting me to tune out the white noise and focus on what we're doing and, you know, know that it's all on me, you know? So yeah, having to, you know, getting to bounce ideas off of him and pick his brain. And, you know, when, when I'm feeling all weird, you know, have him reassure me, it's, it's been very, very, very beneficial for me. Only finish on the card that night. You must have felt uh, pretty confident you were getting a contract, right? <laughs> definitely. I mean, uh, you never know, though, because I've definitely seen, you know, really good finishes uh, that don't get, the, don't get the contract. But I did notice with me having the only finish, I, I you know, kind of was a shoe in a little bit. Um, but you never know. You never know. So uh, my, my whole goal was just to fight as hard as I could. Were you watching the card throughout? I mean, I mean, there are a couple of bangers on the card, but were you watching throughout being like, I just need to go out there and get a finish. I'm probably in. <laughs> um, not really. I, I think I maybe tuned into like maybe the last two, just so I knew like where to warm up. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I just I just knew I had to do something big. How do you like the matchup with, with Malcoon coming off his first UFC win and he beat a 
super dangerous guy in Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. And we saw what that guy just did to Alessio DeCurico. Jacob is young in the sport. You guys both have six pro fights. I feel like for a debut, this is like as perfect as it gets, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is a really good matchup. Um, I think this will be a really exciting fight. Um, yeah, he had a nice, nice, nice win against, uh, but I'm pretty sure that dude was a welterweight, wasn't he? Like a Abdul Razak. Isn't he a welterweight that couldn't make weight? Um, well, he go he went up to 85, and then he just fought to Kiriko, who's also an 85er. So he's like, he's an 85er now, Alzana oh, okay. is. And he well, has like one of the best yeah. knockouts of the year this year. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, you know, that was a good fight, but I think this is going to be a really uh, um, good breakout fight for me. Um, you know, I wasn't really injured from this last fight. Uh, I've already been back to the gym. We're already programming. We're already ready. So the fact that they gave me this long too, uh, I just, I don't see where this guy could win. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be faster, stronger, a lot more crazy, you know, so it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and the UFC must see a lot in you because to put you on this card, this is the first pay-per-view of the year with fans in an arena. There's not a lot of people these days who could say, I'm making my debut on a card in front of a lot of fans, like you're yeah. going to get the chances. That that must Is that like a confidence boost for you, feeling like I think the UFC sees a little something in me to, to throw me on this card? Absolutely. It's, you know, it's a nice little pat on the back, uh, uh, them kind of telling me that, hey, we, we like you going for the finish. We like that you're exciting. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to double down on that and, uh, you know, prove that I'm here to stay, prove, you know, why I'm, I'm, I'm from the Matt Brown lineage. You know what I mean? Show, you know, show some exciting uh, uh, technique and, and get the finish. How do we get this finish? When does it happen? How does it happen? Have we thought that far yet? I know we're still a ways away, but have you, have you started to visualize that part of it yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really see myself. Uh, well, the whole game plan, honestly, is just kind of uh, seeing how he reacts to stuff. Um, uh, he's a little panicky if you pressure him. He's not really that good in the clinch. His, his takedowns are decent. So <clears throat> just put some, you know, uh, good feelers out there and uh, see how, re how he reacts and then go from there. All right. Well, we will see what happens there. I just want to rifle off some questions your way, some just sort of top of the mind stuff uh, to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, first question, MMA GOAT. Who's your MMA GOAT? Ooh. Man. I, I have to say it's John Jones. How do you feel with everything going on right now? Very disappointed. You know, very, very disappointed. He's a uh, – yeah. I, I remember um, seeing his profile. Because I don't know if you remember back in the day – uh, the UFC website, whenever they would have new, new signees, like they'd get like the gray screen. Oh yeah. And then like the guys that have been there, they'd have their little animation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember when his uh, profile popped up and he like, you know, was flexing, doing like a weird face. And I'm like, Oh man, like this guy is going to be a beast. He was like maybe a eight and no at the time or something like that. And, and like, I remember calling him like, yeah, this guy's going to be it. And then seeing his, his, his rise and, and everything like that was so inspiring, seeing his, 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 his uh, mentality, seeing how he called out how he was going to knock out DC four years prior. I was like, oh, my God, you know, but it's definitely uh, hard to see, you know, somebody that great, uh, you know, battle with, with that big of demons. But, you know, I can't really say for, you know, I, I can't really, I don't know. It's, yeah, definitely hard. It's definitely yeah. hard. Weird story. Like 
I got a phone call from a friend. It was like a 2010. He's like, yeah, tickets to this, to this MMA card right down the street. It's like 10 minutes away. And I was living in the Boston, Massachusetts area at the time. And I was like, all right, I'll go. And John Jones fought on that card against Parker Porter, who is a heavyweight in the UFC now. And John beat him in like 10 seconds. It's just wild to see like where these guys are at 11 years from now, Parker Porter now in the UFC winning fights and John Jones, like one of the greatest ever do it. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. His, 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 uh, you know, his, his outside of the cage life, you know, you know, it is what it is, but inside the cage, man, I, I really don't know anybody that has been that proficient from that young of an age. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 23, 23, getting the belt, like what? And never losing it. Like not even, yeah. not even really close. Like last two fights are kind of close, but other than that, I just smashed everybody. It's just, yeah. It's just yeah. But, you know, it is what, what it is. Yeah, he's definitely that my MMA goat for sure. What's your favorite fight of all time? What's the one you ooh. go back and watch as much as possible? Ooh, ooh, man. So many. But the, the one that really stuck out to me was uh, Matt Brown versus Wonderboy. That's a great, yeah, I, that's a good fight. The, the, and the, like, man, the, the big thing, like, they got me with the buildup because I'm like, holy shit. I, I was a, I was a Matt Brown fan from the Ultimate Fighter, so I was like, oh yeah, Matt. But then I saw them matching him up with Wonderboy. I'm like, holy, this guy's an undefeated whatever, doing all kinds of crazy knockouts, and de- Matt's gonna get killed. Why would they even do this? And then he goes out and just Muay Thai and wrestles this dude. I'm like, yes, let's go. None of that. Sh- the Christmas is or Santa isn't real. You can <laughs> like, man. Oh. That was, I was so shocked. I remember being so um, uh, uh, impressed by that fight. I, <laughs> I, I remember coming up from the basement because that's, what, that's what I'm, where my room was when I was in high school. I was living in the basement. And um, I remember coming upstairs with my laptop in my hand and I'm like trying to show my mom. I'm like, mom, look at this. Can you believe that? And she's just looking at me like, what, like what? What, what, what? what is this? Why aren't you doing your homework right now? <laughs> What's a wonder boy? <laughs> Yeah, like, what, what, Wonder Boy, like what? <laughs> but yeah, that fight, Wonder Boy versus uh, Matt Brown was was one of my favorite fights for sure. That's a crazy fight. Dream opponent, not trash talky, or maybe it is, but dream opponent. Just t- skill for skill, who you want to test yourself with someday. Sean Strickland. Why? That would be an amazing fight because he he he's one of those guys that that just goes forward. He fights. You know what I mean? Like he's not trying to play patty cake. We're going to figure this out right now. And I love fighters like that. That's how I want to fight. You know what I mean? That's as a fan, that's what I always wanted to see. And as a fighter, that's always what I want to bring. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, stay in this, you know, figure this out right now. Let, let, let's see, let's see what's, let's see what's going on. Let's see who's the best. Let's see who's the toughest. So yeah, Sean Strickland, I feel like that'd be a great fight. He's about that life, ain't he? He, yeah, he, almost, he almost fought I a guy in the contender series in the parking lot last night. He tried to challenge dude to the parking lot. <laughs> and I got a lot of respect for him for, uh, for that win against Uriah. Cause like, man, like I, I, I thought Uriah was going to give him problems. And he just said, no, nah, no jab, <laughs> jab to your face. <laughs> over and over and over, over and, and over, over. I love it. I love it. Favorite post weigh in or post fight meal. Post fight. Post-fight meal got to be steak, man. It's got to be steak and veggies. And I'm still waiting on it. I've been waiting for uh, – uh, I had to wait for Coleman to get back, and then we were trying to book reservations and everything. And So I'm still waiting for my steak dinner. <laughs> yeah, so Mark Coleman's going to buy you a steak dinner? 
I'm buying Coleman's. Uh, oh, you're buying Coleman? One? He, he's <laughs> done enough. He's done enough. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah, that's a, a. I can't believe I didn't mention him. Just to see how far he's come recently as well with the the sobriety and stuff. He's been a, a big influence on a lot of people. What's that been like to to be around and see what he's been able to do? It's been amazing. I'm, I'm telling you, like especially like the uh, again the, the mental aspect. Like these guys are really good with with the whole mental aspect of MMA. Every uh, I would say every morning. Um, like two weeks prior or two or three weeks prior to the fight, I would get like these, like, not, not panic attacks, but like, just like anxiety. You know what I mean? Like you wake up at like seven o'clock or at six o'clock hours before your alarm. And you're just like thinking about everything, but every single time that would happen, I would look on my phone and within like the 10 minutes of it happening, Coleman is texting me. Hey, how you doing? Positive thoughts make sure you know what i'm saying like all these and it's like how does he know how does he know that i'm going through this right now like how do you every time like so and he's always on me are you coming to the gym you know what are you doing today you know what's going on how are you feeling so it's really good to have that support system yeah you got two legends yeah getting your back like that jeez louise at just 29 <laughs> you haven't had a ufc fight yet that's that's amazing <laughs> that's wild and then last question who wins in a fight israel adesanya or prime Anderson Silva? I mean, the Anderson Silva from... That's not even a question, man. Prime right. Anderson Silva. <clears throat> prime Anderson Silva all day. It doesn't even make sense. Prime Anderson Silva. I love Izzy. Izzy's great. Uh, that would also be a really fun fight. I would love to fight him. I'd love to, to, to earn the right to fight him. Um, but come on, man. Prime, prime Anderson. <laughs> like, beautiful technique. I was there when he knocked Tito out, like in the, oh. like in the building, the boxing. Oh. <laughs> as heartbreaking as that whole night was for a lot of people, that moment yeah. was pretty awesome. See Anderson <laughs> just like, and to see Anderson just go in the corner, so stoic afterwards, it was just like, he, he wow. Knew, he, knew, he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going on. Yeah. Wild stuff. Of- yeah, Anderson, Prime Anderson versus Adesanya would be fun. I, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Prime Anderson wins that fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But here we go. AJ Dobson, January 22nd, UFC 270, Octagon debut, kick it off 2022 in a big way. The newest member of the UFC middleweight roster. AJ, congrats on everything, man. Looking forward to this debut. And thank you for coming on and uh, sharing some of your story with us. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, talk to you soon. Good stuff right there from AJ Dobson. Good stuff earlier from Mitch Raposo. Best of luck to AJ Dobson who prepares to make his UFC debut on January 22nd at UFC 270. And best of luck to Mitch Raposo as he looks to secure himself a UFC contract. Something tells me when it comes to Mitch Raposo and Jake Hadley, this could be one of those fights where both guys get contracts. I think both those guys are, are, are young. Both those guys have very high ceilings so it would be behoove of dana white in the brass to just lock these guys up and even if we do the old developmental deal that we haven't seen a lot of this year i would have no issue with that either but really looking forward to that fight of all the fights in the contender series that one really stuck out to me hadley versus Raposo. really like that one so thank you for checking out the show next week a couple of different conversations at least for right now one a multi-regional champion He has the two biggest Bantamweight titles in New England. We'll talk to Jay Perrin as he looks to take his next step forward. We're looking forward to see what is next for him. Maybe in November for CES. 
Maybe he fights for Cage Titans. I know he's got a lot of suitors that want to fight him, or at least say they want to fight him. Jay Perrin will talk about that, his big win over Josh Smith to capture the CES Bantamweight title. He's also the Cage Titans Bantamweight champion. Uh, always good catching up with Jay the Joker Perrin. We'll also talk to Stephen Wynn. Stephen got a win on Dana White's Contender Series a couple weeks ago, but he was the only man to secure a victory, but not to secure a contract after a pretty technical performance, a pretty dominant showing. Second time on the Contender Series and did not get a contract, but he's staying ready. Hopefully that phone rings, and I feel like he's in that sort of short-notice pool of fighters that could get the call if his services are needed. So two great conversations. There could be more. So look forward to that coming up next Wednesday on We Got Next. Of course, the UFC is back again this Saturday. UFC Vegas 39, an early start time. Very excited about that. Main event is a good one at 115 pounds. Mackenzie Dern taking on Marina Rodriguez. Maybe one of these fighters can jump over Carla Esparza to get the winner. Rose Namajunas versus Zhang Wei Li going down November 6th at UFC 268 in New York. I think it would be an absolute travesty if that happened to Carla Esparza after her last performance, but stranger things have happened in the UFC, so we'll have all your coverage getting you ready for that card. Of course, don't miss the MMA Hour, Mondays and Wednesdays with Ariel Hawani. we got the ranking show coming out this week. Things got a little heated on the ranking show. The new global rankings for October are going to be dropping. They probably already dropped by now by the time you hear this. Maybe you're listening pretty early in the process so look forward look forward to seeing that in a couple of hours and of course ak and i are back with on to the next one on sunday so lots of podcasts lots of great stuff to look forward to don't forget damon martin's fighter versus writer always great guests on that as well so we get you loaded up we get you ready gear and almost pretty much every day of the week on the ma fighting podcasting network but until next week i am mike Heck. we'll see you once again on We Got Next. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.